Hi there and welcome to the show Grow Happy with Yoga. I'm your host Tasha. Join me on my journey to becoming a life coach and yoga therapist. In this show I'll share my experiences and interview inspiring guests about all things yoga, connecting with your body, kicking anxiety and depression and planting the seed of self-love so you can grow a happy life. And in today's episode, my guest is a yoga and meditation teacher, helping people learn to truly love themselves like they deserve. We talk about his journey, how he came to help people cultivate self-love and some really handy tips on how you can start working on growing your self-love today. I'm so excited that you're joining me. Let's get started. Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode. Fundamentally, all radical change begins from within and self-love is the ultimate way to not only boost your self-esteem but also to become a fully healed and integrated human being. So I'm so excited to talk to today's guest who is a yoga and meditation teacher and author who aims to help you learn to truly love yourself by learning the self-love secrets the yogis have known throughout time and uncovering and taking back the power of simply just being yourself. So welcome, Dylan Thomas. Hi, Tasha. <laughs> How are you? Nice. Thank you for uh, inviting me to talk with you today. So excited to be here. Yeah. Um, and thank yeah. you. I'm, I'm also excited to have you on. And when I found your Instagram page, I just Im was immediately fascinated because I've also really noticed a difference in my relationship to myself and by incorporating more yoga and especially meditation into my life. So I just have so many questions for you today. <laughs> but first, I would really love to hear how you found your way to yoga or how, how did that journey look like for you? Oh, wow. So um, I kind of have always been into spirituality. I remember when I was about probably just around 15, 16, I was fascinated by Buddhism and, and Kung Fu and, and spiritual books. And I used to really love uh, reading about Buddhism. And I was fascinated with anything in, in Eastern, kind of had that excitement to it. I think I was always wanting to travel. So, and I never actually had that opportunity when I was younger. So I was always fascinated by Eastern uh, wisdom, Buddhism, uh, yoga, Kung Fu, karate, martial arts, all that kind of different stuff. And then the yoga thing really the actual moment where I really found yoga was I was in this um, a thrift store, like a charity shop, you know, where you have uh, you know, secondhand books and stuff. Oh, yeah. And there's just this one book, the yoga Bible. Uh, I've got it actually here behind me, but anyway, <laughs> and I picked it up. I'd never done yoga before. And I was like, wow, this is, this is, this is the thing. Because at the time, the actual thing that I had really been really struggling with was probably my self-worth and my self-love mm. because I was a young man. I think I was about, um, 18 19 kind of lost in the world and not really know knowing what to do with myself and I kind of had a pretty poor opinion of myself because um mm. had a pretty tough time in school and, and kind of lost you know I hadn't been really able to fully be myself in that in that situation so what I loved about yoga was the core message that you know we are all like whole there's like no part yeah. of that's bad or wrong and I'm pretty sure most young people will have the same kind of experience where they feel 
like there's something missing or that we're like alienated or that we're wrong or that you know that you're not good enough so that's kind of how I found my way to yoga I could say much more but I feel that's really the (laughs) the way the one way to put it without going into too super (laughs) and what was it about the book was it just the book cover or was there something specific on it that resonated with you no one's asked me that before um not really I think I was looking for something I, I think I was actively looking for something you know, I was I was looking for the answer that if now that we know you know yoga there's, there's no one answer but <laughs> yeah I was lost and I was looking for something I was looking for something to kind of come and come and save me and, and yoga in that time was that thing that you know gave me something to to, to, to focus on something to work towards um, you know, something that was for myself, you know, because so many, I was never really like a, a normal kind of person. That's wrong <laughs> to say, but I was never like the stereotypical, um, you know, it was, didn't like football. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're yeah. from England, you kind of like football, you like drinking beer and stuff and, and that. And, you know, I was always different. I always liked doing stuff like, let's say, martial arts or dancing or something like yoga where it was so different and it was really something for me. So yeah, I really threw myself into discovering yoga practice at quite a young age. I think, like I said, I was 19, 20. So yeah, I was looking for something and it found me. Amazing. And did you take that book and then start doing your own practice or did you go to that? Was that the point where you actually went to yoga classes and really started learning on that? Or was it more on the yoga philosophies that was for you the opening gate yeah i mean it was it's been a it's it's, it's a weird journey that we will go on because i found yoga and i kind of i was very introverted about it that i was it's weird because you know yoga from the east is designed for men but in the west certainly it's more like feminine female dominated so (laughs) i was always too embarrassed to go to a yoga class as a a guy you know as a a heterosexual guy i was like I can't go to a yoga class that, you know, I don't wear like, you know, leopard print leggings and stuff. So I was very embarrassed about it for a while. And um, so I practiced primarily at home. And like you say, it's more the philosophy because having um, really grown up so interested in in Buddhist philosophy, that it was more, and it still is to this day, you know, the yoga philosophy speaks to me more than perhaps just doing the postures. You know, I really find a lot of, you know, inner, life from reading the philosophy and putting that thing those things into practice you know whether it be the you know the yamas and nimyamas of yoga you know that's kind of where i find my uh, real inner life from those things yeah absolutely that was for me the the postures was the entry and i think that's for so many people yeah. that's really the entry into the yoga world or the yoga philosophies but then when I started doing more meditation and realizing what it does for my inner world, for my inner workings, I really just wanted to learn more. And my first experience with these yoga philosophies were also just very eye-opening. And it's like you say, the niyamas and the yamas, the social and the personal codes of conduct is something so simple that you do for yourself. And it's so well connected, especially the personal codes of conduct to self-love and taking care of yourself and yeah it's Mm. just really fascinating it's it's brilliant because it's almost maybe 
we're lucky to be sort of Western and obviously not because it's like in a, a different language mm. and it seems very so far removed from, you know, like say the Bible where the Bible is like the commandments, which is kind of similar to, to Yama and Nimyama in like say the, the personal code of conduct and stuff. But it, because it's like, it's, it's your personal interpretation of, of what these things mean yeah. is, that, you know, non you know, ahimsha, you know, non-violence is you can create such a, powerful narrative of, in your own mind of what that means to you you know yeah. it could be like we're not going to eat animals or we're gonna, not going to even you know speaking in a, in a, a non-violent way so it really is like a, a whole world that you can explore um, which is why i love it so much because rather than just like the bible is just like i don't kill anyone it's it's it's, it's the, the yoga philosophies is so much more deeper i think yeah, it's, it's a whole world of that you can explore yeah and i find it has so much wisdom in it that it's just put yeah. up put together by uh, the wisdoms of so many different people yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. definitely and um yeah it's it's like you said some at some parts it feels like very far removed as well because it stems from this ancient time as well but i find that even these because it's a philosophy of experience, like you say, you, you can interpret it for yourself as well, that even these personal codes of conduct and social codes of conduct are so relevant for today that you can really use it and in your everyday yeah, life. It's, 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 it's mind-boggling that it can be so like accurate in these modern times that it's, yeah. you can read a non-fiction book from 10 years ago that's kind of already out of date yes but yet these things that have been around for thousands of years are just so you know accurate whereas you know yoga philosophy or, or buddhism which kind of similar interlinked same kind of stuff it's wow it's like so um accurate in describing what we can go through it and of course you can kind of the more you deepen into your practice of you know yoga meditation is you can go back and read say the yoga, yoga sutras and have a completely different you know, interpretation of them and have, you know, different wisdom every time you read them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how did you start going into meditation more with that? Because with the philosophies and everything, did you also start going more into meditation from there on? Yeah. Well, like the more I've kind of experienced in my own body and through my own practice, like I said, my, my whole thing was when I was younger, I didn't have a lot of self-love and self-worth. So this whole thing has been like a whole, you know, teaching has been like a whole experiment for me to, for me to find my own kind of like, um, you know, inner peace. Right. So yeah. and I've always been more of a meditator. I've always seen the, the real work of yoga to be the meditation and to be finding the inner peace. You know, I've, and it's not a, it's not a criticism, criticism to anybody, but I know quite a lot of um, people who are fantastic at, actual yoga postures or you know or what we call maybe gym, gymnastics but they're not very happy yeah. <laughs> or they're not they haven't found that inner peace and i've always been like well i've got to meditate you know i've mm. got to i've got to live with myself i've got to yes. find you know my peace i've got to find what makes me feel um like i can be fully myself i can be fully embodied and have a good life so it's always been meditation I mean, I do the yoga, I do the, you know, Ashtanga practice and different styles of yoga and I can do, you know, the handstands and stuff 
very badly but <laughs> that doesn't make me happy that doesn't make yeah. me feel like more whole it kind of takes you to the place where i can start to feel it but sitting down being quiet uh does that and uh oh the original question how did i um <laughs> so yeah how what do i offer now so it's more like yeah i've i've read a lot of the the yoga scriptures and stuff and you know self-realization to me you know what the goal of yoga is to to connect to ourselves and then connect to others so i've always thought that you know from especially from the reflections of like romantic relationships is that you know you need to have sounds very cliche but you need to to love yourself first before you can love anyone else and especially if you're going to be looking at like non-harming anyone if you're not going to be um, deceitful or manipulative it very much is you know your own inner relationship so from that way you know yoga is self-love is that it's you have to find out the way to make yourself peaceful to make yourself loving to make yourself whole and complete yeah and that was also now that you mention it something that i didn't think about when i first learned about the the pers- the social codes of conduct because ahimsa this non-harming is the first one and the first place where your mind goes is yeah be a vegetarian be a vegan don't harm animals and don't yeah. harm other people but when the the yoga teacher also said during the yoga practice to practice ahimsa and not harming because you shouldn't harm your own body don't push yourself past your limits and don't harm yourself and it's like you say now with your inner workings because if you are violent towards yourself or speaking violently to yourself or harming your own self that's a completely different way to see it that it's we usually just look on the outside but it's so important how we treat ourselves on the inside so exactly exactly yeah. it's it's all interlinked you know the way you treat yourself is you know, yoga is a mirror or, you know, life is a mirror for, you know, what yeah. you're thinking at this moment, you know, your thought forms are, you know, primarily a reflection of, you know, how you're feeling. Your life around mm-hmm. you is a, is a reflection of what's going on in your internal world. Um, you know, I know from my experience when I, when I'm, um, you know, angry, it's, and also as well, it's always, it's always, it's very hard to admit and very hard to swallow, but say the anger that we have, like, you know, outwardly, you know, if we're angry at someone or like we we believe someone's hurt us or, you know, we're angry, it's, it's actually because we're angry at ourselves. You know, if you're, if you're willing yeah. to admit that and to look and to meditate and to look and see, oh my God, it's actually, I'm, the anger within me is, is actually directed towards myself. You think it's everyone yeah. else, you think it's <laughs> life and you think it's your horrible life and your horrible job and bad luck, but it's actually the anger is towards yourself. And yeah. uh, until you deal with that, then it's hard to, to, to move fully into, you know, peace and self-love. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now that you mentioned that as well, I'm thinking because I, if I'm angry at like my boyfriend that I can't do my, my morning routine or something and I, I yeah. become angry at him and then I realize no, but why am I angry? And it's just because I don't make myself a priority and I'm not taking that time for myself. And yeah. it's like you say, I'm actually angry at myself yeah. for not prioritizing certain things. Definitely. We always think it's someone yeah. else. We always think, oh, it's like, well, if I had more time, if I had more time, if you're <laughs> right, you know, it's just like everyone else is yeah. my time. But it's you're angry at yourself because, 
and it, certainly you know me i'm trying you know i'm trying to be very productive you know running a business and, and trying to be you know a good you know partner a good son a good good human good in every every way and it's, it's very tiring and you know you try and get up earlier and stuff and and life gets away it's like you know we have to try and control life try and make things go perfect and get stuff done but yeah you realize you know it's like you, you know it's like oh you you're wasting my time but then you realize you're actually angry at yourself because you didn't get up early yeah. or you didn't do the work you're meant to do so yeah it's always you know you got distracted yeah i got distracted. <laughs> you weren't efficient so yeah it's it's always uh you know life gets in the way but um it's always like an opportunity to to look within and, and see you know how you can move beyond that I, I think anyway yeah yeah and analyze where that comes from and there's actually so much that we can influence ourselves about how we feel because like in yoga you also say you are not your feelings and you are not your thoughts and you are actually the observer behind that and if you just take that observer position you can see it from a completely different ex perspective as well yeah but it takes a lot yeah. of um a lot of practice, <laughs> practice. <laughs> a lot of practice and even when you've been doing it for years and years it's still always hard you know there's always some, yeah. there's always like a look you have everyone has triggers and you know it doesn't yes. matter what what it is there's always going to be something that's going to make you mad um, yeah but we can try <laughs> and what was your first meditation like then did you just start meditating on your own as well uh, yeah I, I, do you know what i don't even remember feels like my first meditation i can't honestly remember the first i remember my first yoga class but i don't remember my first meditation mm. but yeah I, I started doing it at home um and i do a, a daily practice now um i try and meditate for around well i try and do half an hour every day which I've been doing daily for the last at least probably three years now. Um, but yeah, my first one, I can't remember. I can't remember. Skip, <laughs> skip that question. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, because I was just asking because my first yoga, uh, my first meditation experience was actually at a yoga class. And we were staying a bit longer and having meditations after the class. And then she gave us something that we can do on our own as well. And I started and it was just focusing on moving your fingers and tapping your fingers from the index finger to your pinky on your thumb. And that, and I've learned a lot more since then and practicing other types of meditations. But then the other day I just heard someone starting to practice meditation on her own for the first time and that she was complaining that it's so difficult and it's so boring and I was asking yeah and how how are you meditating what are you doing now she's just sitting there in silence and I was thinking wow she just went directly to the hardest meditation for me is just to sit there mm. and yeah I was that's why I was asking what was your first meditation like did you also oh, just okay. go there because I think oh, that's that, that's okay. what most yeah. people think yeah well, like, well to be fair like I went on on the deep I think this this is like going even deeper now but because I've always been like um I haven't I had that belief I'm not good enough right right so at the beginning so it's like almost like self not self-hatred I never really hated myself I never self-harmed or anything but I've always like felt like I needed to like try and make up for something so 
I mm. first came to meditation, I was like, yeah, in at the deep end. I had to do the hardest one. I had to just sit there, like no cushions, no pillows, no whatever, no music, and just sit there. And I was like, I've got to make this work because I had to, I had to prove that I was good at it. So yeah. Um, but then I learned, you know, I, I that was I did that for probably a year and I made it work. You know, I did it. Wow. And I got used to being, you know, in meditation. Because it's almost harder now to do do it with music and stuff. Because I feel like I'm cheating, you know. When you when you meditate with music and 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 um, be guided, it's like it feels like cheating. But it's also quite <laughs> nice as well. But um, yeah, there's always the hard bit at the start when you have to first sit down and be quiet. It's, it's I don't care who you are, you know. It's it's always hard for anyone. Yeah. 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 How was yours? I just yeah, I just think that. The most important thing is is not to be frustrated with yourself and to think, no, I'm failing at meditation if you have lots of thoughts coming and if you get distracted by thoughts because that's actually the whole point of meditation is to train that. And in the beginning for me, I was focusing on my fingers like tapping and yeah. but you still get distracted and get lost in thoughts and I would get so discouraged and just tell myself no I'm not doing it right and I'm I'm bad at meditation and but I think that that's really important that people know that that's not what it's about it's not about being perfect it's about practicing and just practicing to be focused as well and and not even that either like the more I've kind of gone into it it's it's more just being present with what is just being yes. present with what is and it, it could be a horrible experience because we're all obviously gonna we're all gonna suffer to some degree in life and it, mm. it's that's kind of uh, you know essential buddhist teaching that we're all gonna suffer to some degree and um life isn't always gonna be great but if you can be present mm. with what is what is here right now you know you might be hungry you might be pissed off you might be angry but if you can be present with that and actually not run away from that, um, you know, mm. some more psychology, you know, there's um, modern day psychology, you know, we have a lot of um, talk about repression and, um, you know, if you repress very deeply, then you're not present with, you're just running away from it. It's like, so yeah. um, learning to just to sit there and to be present takes practice yeah, and actually but it's yeah. ultimately is a very good skill to have because then you can kind of handle whatever happens in your life because you're gonna have to handle yeah. it at some point <laughs> absolutely and I think that's just being able to sit with that pain as well because a lot of people do like you say if you don't like yourself you have like protectors to help you avoid things or especially like for me, it was emotional eating as well and, yeah. or binging um, yeah. series. And that's just avoiding sitting and being present with that pain. Because isn't there also a Buddhist saying that says pain is not optional, but suffering is? Um, yeah, because, I think that's, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, there's definitely a saying that. I think it's the other way around. I think suffering is... But yeah, I think people understand what you're saying. I understand. I understand. What you're yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's optional to um, to actually suffer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, because suffering is really, you know, dwelling on what the pain is. You know, it's um, you know, if you get punched in the face, it hurts for what, like ten minutes? Well, it depends how hard you get punched. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
yeah, you know, to, to dwell on that for a whole week would be suffering, you know, right? Yeah. It's the same with things in life, isn't it? We can always find something to dwell on and to suffer about. Um, but um, it's can you let go? You know, teaching of yoga is can you let go? Can you let go of what has been? And a really beautiful practice um, that I think I read it in the Heart of Yoga by um, one of my books that I read on my uh, teacher training was um, that every night that we need to, to get into bed, we need to forgive, forgive ourselves, forgive ourselves mm-hmm. for whatever. <laughs> it sounds like, you know, we're like, it's not really bad, but it's just to forgive yourself. Forgive yourself yeah. for what you have done and what you haven't done. And more in my life, it's more like what I haven't done, you know. I have such, um, like we all do, you know, ambitions and want to do stuff that, you know, if you don't... Um, match your expectations daily then you go to bed and you're like oh my god i'm such a loser i'm such a failure so forgiving yourself before you sleep and you know then allowing yourself to be to let go and and then to actually think you're having you know in this the book the heart of yoga that talks about allowing yourself to be held by uh the divine you know that embrace Mm. you and you're just being held by the divine you know there's nothing wrong or uh, bad about what you do so that's a beautiful practice to try um, for people that are listening. And how how would you do that? Is that for meditation? How would you do that practice, or just you mean the the forgiving yourself? So at the yeah, end what of the I day? do, I find it very helpful um, to to listen to, or just when I'm going to bed, because I feel part of the battle with meditation is obviously meditation we're trying to come into a state of like you know higher consciousness higher awareness throughout our day mm. not just sitting in for 10 minutes yeah and, uh, then because it's, it's you know it's all about being conscious right you know we want to control our um or limit our subconscious kind of autopilot um mind because obviously you know thoughts are largely repetitive as you kind of know that if you get stuck in a cycle of just living your life, um, especially if you don't like your life right now, then mm. if you're just going to be yeah. in autopilot, then nothing's going to change. And if you're not conscious of that, then um, yeah, nothing will change. So what I like to do is before I go to bed, I make myself conscious because especially before bed, it's like you're kind of probably checking your phone and it's like mm. just, yes. just, you know, zombie mode. So I get into bed and just for five minutes, I just sit on my bed and I might do some mantra, just, you know, sitting in a meditation position and some mantra, just some breathing, just so I'm going to bed very conscious. And if I feel like I need to, if I feel like I have like some anger in me, which kind of can happen sometimes, I feel like I'm really frustrated or I'm kind of stressed out, then I will say, okay, I have to just forgive myself. And that all might, might, might be like putting my hands on my heart um, and just feeling that kind of wash over me. Just like, okay, I, I forgive myself for all the ways that I've fucked up today. <laughs> and that helps me a lot. And then I can go to sleep yeah. and, and not um, be stressing out because... Yeah, it's, it's kind of like they say with relationships, you shouldn't go to bed while you're fighting or shouldn't go to bed while well, fighting it's kind yeah, of exactly like, like that, that with your with yourself it's the, the inner relationship isn't it it's like yeah the, the first relationship that you need to tend to before you uh go and 
tend to another one's garden or you know you have to yeah tend yeah. to your own garden don't, first don't go to bed angry <laughs> well no because you won't sleep you won't yeah. sleep and that's why people you know a lot of people probably have insomnia and can't sleep no. you see I mean, no, I mean, it's a great thing but like you see how many sleep you know this is it sleep stories you know the, the apps and stuff and you know people like Matthew McConaughey and stuff doing uh, bedtime stories and stuff like that it's, like, it's, it's people can't sleep and it's yeah. probably because of these this because they, they they can't let go of their inner pain and they have a lot of pain yeah. in them a lot of stress a lot of anger that if they let go of it or had a had a way to sort of process that then it would be you know a lot easier for them to sleep and to let go yeah I think that's an amazing practice to do, like you say, before bed. And it's so easy to integrate into your everyday life. And and what I learned as well is forgiveness um, doesn't mean that what happened or if someone, if it's about someone else, it's not okay. You're not telling them or admitting that what they did is okay. You're just saving your energy and releasing that thing from stealing your energy as well. Because yeah. I think in a in a personal towards your your own, your relationship to yourself that also just helps you to stop wasting energy on resentment in yourself as well i i just think that's that's a really beautiful practice yeah oh uh, yeah well yeah it's, it's i i do that and i also do the same thing in the morning but well i i again i make myself conscious because if i don't do that then i know that i'll be on my phone my phone's always in my bed and it's like well if I don't wake up and I'm like I sit I get out of my bed literally I don't even get out of bed I literally awake eyes open and sit up and I'm like meditating not for very long just for like maybe a minute two minutes and I'm like breathing just to make myself conscious and it's like I'm here wow <laughs> I'm here and I'm alive right rather than being like phone zombie for the first 10 minutes and then the kind of yeah because I know I've done it I've done it the last at least one day this week where I've like literally eyes open reached for my phone it's like I'll just do two minutes on my phone it was an hour yeah. it was an hour yeah it was it was an hour and the time just flies by it and flies by. then you in. yeah and then you mess up your whole morning it feels yes. for me like I just mess up my whole energy yes. for the day you, when I then, start and then you like kind of get into spiral depression because you don't get what you want done and you're like oh, mm. I'll do that tomorrow and it's yeah whenever I touch my phone in the morning bad things happen and it's not yeah. it's not it's not the technology it's not this is it's not this fault it's not the i'm pointing at my iphone it's not this fault it's us is we yeah. have the bad relationship to it we're looking for that we're looking for um you know something to fill the void within us that mm. we need like the what's it called the the dopamine hit from the phone yeah or the validation or validation, whatever you are searching for yeah, yeah. And we want the quick fix, but we need to be conscious before we get on the phone. Throw your phone out, meditate in the morning for two minutes. <laughs> yeah, but that's a great idea because when you said sit up in the bed, then I was thinking you're saying, okay, you're meditating in bed, and I know that I'll just fall asleep right away. But I think like one minute, two minutes, that's definitely something that you can commit to that to just become aware. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I like either, that. Yeah. You can either get out of bed unaware or you can get out of bed aware <laughs> yeah any more energy it just it depends if you're aware or not that's all or if yeah. you're an autopilot or not 
you know it's just like um it also helps as well because i i think um have you did you say you've done a yoga training have you had that yes have just have, a yeah. 100 hour okay, yeah yeah so that that whole thing is like the whole you always think as you're going into it when you're when you're living through it you're thinking these little bastards they're trying to like you know mess up our whole routine they're trying to like um just play with it and but of course they are they're trying to get you out of your subconscious mind they, that, i know from my trainings and i think most trainings around the world are the same that they purposely like normally don't really tell you what's going to happen right they kind of like lunch break might be 11 a.m it might be 7 a.m you know and it's like it, it keeps you guessing and you need that because it keeps you like on it doesn't allow you to go into autopilot and um, yes you know i think what was it's a quote by some famous yogi i can't remember what it was uh his name but it was like um uh, routine is death that once you get into a routine you start to you know build muscle memory around that you get into that subconscious like routine mm -hmm. uh, thing. an autopilot and you become very unconscious you know you brush yeah. your teeth the same way and rather than being like a living human being that's having passion experience and expression you're just very mundane going through the set things whereas if you inject like um something completely different like you change out your morning routine like you say you're going to go instead of um maybe just adding one thing in maybe just say like i'm going to go for a walk for five minutes out in nature will completely like it will just put you out of your your normal routine and then like the whole yeah. rest of your morning will be magical because you'll be actually aware and in, in, in your body and not just like okay i'm going to brush my teeth now it's 9 a.m then i'm going to have a coffee and i'm going to have a bagel um it, it changes your whole world yeah, Literally. just be doing something to bring you back to that consciousness to actually yeah. be mindful of what you're doing. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, what I also heard was someone said to me because I was having problems because I was having this high standard of for myself saying, yeah, I have to do this and this and this and this and this and everything in my morning routine before I am. Yeah. And then, yeah. then I'll be happy and then I'll be like good enough. And she told me, yeah, but just see how you feel and just listen to your body and what you need and just and that fits like with what you say just be mindful of what you need and then you can go for a walk or if you just want to uh she said yeah she binged like two a few okay not binging but she watched the last episode of her series and that's just what she needed that morning and that made her happy and she did it in a mindful way and then the next day it's different again of what she needs yeah, yeah absolutely that's, that's, like, that's kind of the the um misconception about sort of all this spiritual stuff is that you have to be you know completely um <laughs> off the grid no telly no no you know not doing anything bad your morning routine has to be like you know very meditation you know drink like lemon water be a vegan for like <laughs> the whole morning and and um yeah but it's yeah it's, i kind of taught a workshop on on this uh over the weekend actually was that we're kind of looking at, you know, the um, going into the ego or, or coming out of the ego, so to speak. And I did a meditation. I got people to uh, stand up and kind of do do some like um, conscious movement, but 
it's very interesting, you know, how our ego reacts to, to this because yes. um, you can be, say, you know, in your, um, so if you know, like, Freud's model of the ego is that you have, like, the, the id, which is, like, your, your desire, your bodily desire, but then you have also, like, the, the superego, which is kind of society's, um, or, you know, our perception of society's expectations upon us. Then we have the mm. ego, which is kind of what we think we should do. And it's like interesting because, you know, when we're in front of people or have an audience, or even with ourselves, because we are essentially an audience to ourselves, is that you can say do 10 minutes of movement. But it's like, what do you like, you know, how do you get sucked in? Because I did it, did it a couple of mornings and I was like, well, I want to move very slowly here because I'm quite tired and out of bed. But I, I, I noticed in my head that there was this like voice that fought the ego that I was like, I had to do some kind of cool like karate kicks and stuff, you know, because <laughs> I thought that's like what, what would make me look cool in that moment. But that was my, ego. Yeah. my body wanted to just like move very slowly and like you know, be, be like a Tai Chi dude. But my yeah. ego is like, you need to train, you need to get stronger, you need to do some kicks, you need to do some like, you know, weird backflips and stuff. <laughs> you know, like sort of Edo Portel and I was like that's my ego so it's interesting how that interplays between the two it's like yeah you have your you know what you want to do but then the ego is like okay this is what you should be doing do it yeah and I can imagine especially people that's not used to just moving their body that you're self-conscious and your ego is just saying no you yeah. should stay yeah. like still don't move like that because yeah, exactly. people can yes. see you yeah, I see it happens. I see it a lot with um, you know, the groups that I teach. Is you know, I'm quite open now, and I, I kind of I'm used to people thinking <laughs> that I'm sort of weird. I don't really mind anymore because it's it's, it's my own experience, and that's fine. But yeah, you can see a lot of people that are you know very much in their heads, judging themselves yeah. for how they're moving, you know, how they're talking, how they're breathing, you know, even even breathing. It's like my uh, teacher, uh, he's 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 amazing, but he teaches you know uh, yoga and meditation, but um, he's like saying that you know you shouldn't apologize or at least apologize for being yourself you know like you get yeah. to the point especially in england where it's like you know you apologize for breathing you know if you breathe the wrong way <laughs> you know it's like sorry for breathing <laughs> so, so it's like people you know in their own heads judging their basic you know like oh i shouldn't move my arm like this i look stupid or something it's it's it's, it's in your own mind it's an illusion it's your ego um yeah but definitely yeah it's it's it, it gets me so fired up because I, I know how it feels in my own body because I used to be like that. I used to be extremely self-conscious. I was so yeah. afraid of what people thought of me. And now I, I recognize it in other people. And I'm like, you know, it's just, you just want to kind of punch, free. Punch you want to free the people. The yeah. Like, just stop it. Just do it. Just, just do, do what it. you exactly. want. Exactly. Just do it. Just do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. What I also heard one of my teachers say is that, uh, one of my mentors, is that what other people think of me is none of my business as well because it doesn't matter what they think of me. Um, I shouldn't worry about that because that's yeah, none of my that's business. Such, that's such, it's, a good, such, a good, such a good teaching, such a good quote, yeah. Uh, yeah. It really is, isn't it? It's like um, I completely agree and it's... Um, I actually wrote when I was telling you earlier about my my ebook that I, I wrote. It's like I actually didn't even realize that it was a thing. But it's I think how I think about self love for me is that you have to get to the point that you don't mind being hated. 
you don't mind oh, yeah. being like um alone essentially it's it's mm. we need to kind of get to that place so we can have from there true and meaningful connections because if you allow yeah, yourself to be because, hated yeah. and allow yourself to be alone or you know you can deal with that in terms of your mm. own like um psychology is then once you get there you can then connect with people much more because you're not you don't care what they're dependent think on it yeah it's not dependent yeah. on, you're not dependent on it you don't care what they think anymore you still can care about them but you don't care about what they think anymore yeah, you don't connect your worth to what other people think yeah, of you. Exactly. Because you you find worth in yourself and because not everybody is going to like us. Yeah, That's also not, something not that really. you not Yeah, there's going to be people that will hate who you are, but that doesn't matter because there's so many other people that you can spend time with and if it's like you say if you you should be okay with that because it's your relationship to yourself. If you are okay with yourself, it doesn't matter what that other people think exactly exactly it's that it's it's the weird thing this is another sort of point in my in my in my book that i wrote which is like um yeah it's that weird thing that we kind of and i'm i'm guilty of it too is that we want everyone to like us i don't know what it is yeah we know we know like you know academically in our own mind you know uh through you know what, what we we know we know we can't make everyone like us but yeah, we still try. <laughs> we still try. Yeah. It's like we want people to approve of us. We want their validation. We want all this. And it's just like, we know we can't. But we yeah. still try. And it's that weird thing with humans that we just we still try. We still try and make everyone you know, like us, think we're attractive, think we know we're going to be a great lover or something like that, or whatever it could be. And it's such a delusion. And yeah. we can be fine without that, but we need to kind of move beyond it. Yeah, I think that's connected so much to a feeling of safety as well, because in the past, if you were excluded from a group, that would have been a matter of survival. But it has, it doesn't, if if someone doesn't like you now, that doesn't, um, that doesn't make yeah. you unsafe anymore. You, you will survive that. And it is really a feeling that you need to survive and you can't survive if this person doesn't like you. But yeah. In this modern day age, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. and yeah, we really have a, to be okay with that. Yeah, I read a lot about that. How it, you know, it triggers some you know very primal um, emotions in us. That yeah. say it could be risking you know um, being rejected from the herd and, and from from the um, the tribe or whatever you want to call it. And yeah, uh, yeah it's it's it triggers a lot of that sort of primal <laughs> <laughs> rejection that we're going to sort of die like you say it doesn't actually mean that anymore um yeah which is it's very interesting but i think there's like yeah there's certainly you know parts of our, our brain that our mind that are you know so ancient that we still haven't really evolved um in away from that so there's definitely things in our mind that we are living from previous sort of uh, generations <laughs> in our mind if you know what i mean it's like it's yeah parts of us that we can't quite understand that's where the mindfulness comes in as well because if you're mindful of that and I and you just accept yourself and like you say you forgive yourself and accept yourself and I think that's a great way to just be mindful of that aspect of ourselves yeah definitely definitely because if you think about it like that you know if we're if we're living say like this ancient brain uh, ancient mind that is still in some ways like in the past is still 
thinking it's because it's part of our mind that still thinks we're in a cave that still thinks we're yeah. being chased by you know predators and or you know trying to hunt yeah so just just keen on survival yeah exactly so in yeah. some ways it's like we have to just forgive and accept that because we're not even that person we're not that person yeah. that's living in a cave but there's part of us that thinks that we are and it's kind of because i was reading because i suffer quite a lot when I, from anxiety when i was younger and it's only recently that i kind of realized that you, you need anxiety anxiety is a you know a mm. human mechanism that you have to have because it keeps you you know first of all alert you know if you if you can if you have no anxiety at all you would wouldn't get out of the way of like a bus you would just be standing in the middle of the road and people would be shooting you and you'd just be like oh, i've got no anxiety i'm fine so you have to have like a healthy anxiety and you know it feels like yeah. horrible when you're going through acute proper like pain for anxiety but it's like you can't not have anxiety so you're always going to have like that kind of worry and sort of um uh what the word for it just kind of maybe confusion i guess um or yeah. you know apprehension um but yeah it's like you have to forgive and accept that it's like that's yeah it's yes you have this but it doesn't mean that you have to to live it and to to really to yes. act it to act it out you know to act it out like it's like you know I'm, when you from anxiety or from depression it's like it feels like it's your whole world you know you feel like you're yeah. stuck in it and that is your whole thing, right? But you haven't yes. got to act it all out. Yeah, because so much of what we think is not even true. Yeah. Because that's something I learned to to actually, when you have all these anxieties and thoughts, and to just ask yourself, is this true? And is this me? So is this thought actually from me? Or is that just some anxiety that's not even founded in anything? And yeah, that already exactly. helps so much to discern what what is actual anxiety that's needed, like healthy anxiety to survive or what is just overactive <laughs> imagination and fear. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it, it, it's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because it is like the way we've been designed as humans and it's almost annoying. It's like just <laughs> God or, you know, God, just, just make it better. <laughs> just make it go away. But um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, ways of coping, it's definitely, you know, things that have helped me is meditation and, um, yeah, mindfulness. And I think as well, it's, um, you know, meditation can be used as like a, a way to escape. And I, I don't believe that's a, you know, a healthy thing to do either. I think we need to kind of very much be in the world. Uh, mm. You know, meditation is, you know, if you look at like ancient uh, yogis and stuff, they, uh, essentially you know trying to internalize themselves trying to mm. you know, be very connected to their internal world and um not to the external world um which is fine if you're a yogi living in a cave and you have no um you know uh, or not very little um identification with your body but you know if you're living in the modern world and you have a family and you have mm. you know, stuff you're doing you need to kind of you have to have you have to be half and half you have to be half in your in your um, internal world and half in the world because if you're you know fully internalized then you can't do anything in the world but then also if you're fully you know in the world and you have got no internal world then you're going to be very much swept up in the outside yeah. world 
and overwhelmed, overwhelmed and yeah. just burned out. Yeah, it's 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 a fine balance that we're all really working through. And something I read on your Instagram that I a post that I really loved as well is that you said that self love is not just taking a bubble bath or something like that, like you say, with the external world, something external. But the foundation of that is to believe that you're good enough to be loved. Mm. And but that's also just so much more difficult to practice <laughs> than uh, to read it, to read it and to actually practice that something completely different. So I wanted to ask you, how do you actually go about learning that or um, teaching that to someone? Mm. How can someone actually start practicing, like believing that they are good enough? Yeah, well, it's, I'm not gonna lie, it's, it's a very, very long process. You know, I my yeah. online uh, self-love um, course, I call it, is being designed in a way that, yeah, sure, it's like something people can do in a month, but it's also rec- like a lifelong process. Is that, yeah. I mean, it's it's just like, maybe like you call it enlightenment or, you know, self-realization. It, it can happen in a moment. It can happen like in someone just giving you, telling you one word or just tapping you on the shoulder. But it also might take a lifetime. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, the point you made about the whole, I think I put that on just kind of to get people's attention was that it's like not about, because I know so many people that like, oh, you know, self-care, is it self-care Sunday? I think it is like on that hashtag and it's like they're taking a bubble bath and stuff. And it's like, well, then, you know, the rest of the week, they're moaning how stressed out they are and how much they, you know, hate their lives and stuff. But, oh, we're having a bubble bath on Sunday. It's great. So it's like makes up for it. Well, no, yeah. you need to kind of have um, a whole lifestyle and a whole way of coping with yourself that makes you feel whole and complete and inner peace the whole time. Not just yeah. when you're having a bath or not just when you're going to put some candles on, yeah. right? It's like there should be no yeah. candles. There should be no sort of rituals. It should be like, okay, I love myself. And uh, so the actual practices what I teach are you know, very simple and uh, always deceptively simple that you know, what's worked best for me, um, it's just mantra work, our affirmation work, just meditation and very quiet and just repeat yourself. I love myself. 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 Or what Ramdas teaches is um, I am loving awareness. I am loving awareness. I am loving awareness. Just repeating that over and over and over again. And first of all, okay, you're, you're reprogramming your mind. You're reprogramming your mind to obviously the mantra. And then also as well, you're getting out of, um, you know, your monkey mind. So your monkey mind is that kind of unconscious, subconscious um, part of your brain that's probably telling you that you're not good enough. That's telling you that you're ugly. It's telling you that you're a waste of space, um, which is not true, of course, but we all have these thoughts. Yeah. And, you know, if you're not consciously putting in nice thoughts, then yeah. you're going to be thinking the crap stuff. So doing the yeah, mantra, and that's, doing the mantra. And that's so in your subconscious because we, that is kind of like a mantra for some of us that you repeat yeah, the sure. same berating phrase to yourself so often. So that's kind of reversing that, working on replacing that with a positive mantra in your subconscious. Exactly. That's all it is. It's like the, the, from the Yoga Sutras, the, the practice um, of, hang on, it's the Pradipak Shabhavana which is from the Yoga Sutras, I think it's chapter two, um, portion on practice, 
that whenever you think a negative thought, you replace it with a positive one. So that's all you're doing. It's just like if you're thinking, yeah. so you're right. You know, it's like it's like it's like a the self hate mantra, isn't it? That you're all yeah. like, oh, you know, I'm not good enough. Um, and that's that's most people's default. So all it is is you're changing your default. And like I say, it could take you know depending on how much you do it, it could take a week or it could take twenty years. But yes. um, yeah, that's really the practice is to replace what you tell yourself. Awesome. And I, I heard about few people that some people can't even say that to themselves because they don't even believe that. And I think yeah. just <laughs> practicing practicing that is that helps. And also saying that you are in the process of becoming someone who completely loves themselves or you are in the process of or I am in the process of becoming the best version of myself and that also just helps negate that monkey mind of telling you if you say yeah I love myself now since when or really and uh, if if someone has like really bad problems with repeating that I found that was such an amazing tip to also just say that you are in the process so your mind doesn't argue with you yeah that aspect that's that's important actually because yeah if you go too fast too quickly um you know you you don't believe it do you because we kind of yeah. we need um sort of proof you know we need proof and <laughs> often the proof is you know and at least from my experience is like we need to have proof from um you know relationships we need to have people tell you oh you're amazing you know i love you i love you i love you (laughs) unless you're getting that like all the time which probably you know even if you're in a relationship you don't always get like all the praise and validation that you need yeah just kids get that (laughs) yeah exactly just 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 your mum tells you that and maybe your mum and your dad so um yeah it's kind of of hard and it's same as i same experience with um people and um you know hugging themselves it's similar kind of self-love you try and take your hands around you know and just kind of give yourself a hug a lot of people yeah. have um you know resistance to that as well because yeah they don't believe it they don't believe you know why should i hug myself i don't this doesn't feel right and um you know if you really strongly feel you know ugly or you really strongly feel um like you know you you hate yourself or you, you loathe yourself then that's definitely um something that is going to feel very weird it's going to feel like say very people have that resistance to it so yeah you have to go kind of slow and yeah i really like your tip as well the the um I'm yeah. in the process i'm in the process because it doesn't suggest that you have to like be i'm not be a now. Right I myself now it's like i'm in the process yeah yes that's very good and where can people find you if anyone wants to stalk you or check out the self-love? Yeah, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So we are on uh, Instagram. So yeah, Instagram yoga with Dylan, <laughs> and my website is www.dylanthomasyoga.com. And uh, I have an online course for self-love and meditation. I also do um, semi-regular online workshops for yoga philosophy and uh, self-love meditation and also online uh, yoga classes right now so yeah be happy to have you um there and uh yeah thanks for listening guys and thanks to tasha for having me on a beautiful podcast such a pleasure to be here and uh yeah thank you
Thank you. And do you have any final tips for someone who would like to start meditating today? Because I, or I would say you said the meditate, forgiving yourself before you go to bed is one. Yeah. Well, I just it's, wake, it's, getting, getting out of bed with awareness. Getting out of bed. And is yes. there any other? Yeah. And is there any other tips? Um, well, those two are great because I'm just talking about like a minute in the morning and a minute in the evening before you go to bed. Yeah. So that's like two minutes yeah. out of your day. Yeah. Um, other ones is, yeah, okay, if you're going to sit and meditate, just don't be too hard on yourself. And um, yes. like you said, just um, we'll sit, sit with whatever's there. You know, there's no like, this is the, the thing about meditation is there's no goal. There's no right or wrong here. So in yoga, there's no right or wrong. You can't be wrong at yoga. You can't fail at yoga. That's why I like it. It's yeah. like, <laughs> when I first got into it, when I did my teacher training, I was like, I'm going to fail this because I was in that failure mindset. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. wrong, but you can't. You can't go wrong. You know, you are fundamentally yeah. loving and, and just beauty within you, you know. Even if you believe you're ugly now, you, you can't go wrong. You can't fail at meditation. So just sit there and just enjoy it. Enjoy your yeah. perceived failure, but you will learn to love it. <laughs> Thank you. And I think that's that's a amazing tip to just be yourself and don't see it as a failure and just do it. You can't fail. You, you can't, you can't fail. fail at You life. can't fail. You, you really can't fail. It's like, you know, you are you are just love. You know, you get this is the whole point of what I teach and what yoga is teaching. It's not my teaching. It's just yoga. It's been around for thousands of years. Yeah. My message is just I'm just sharing it. Is that you? You know, we're working on removing the obstacles, uh, the illusions in our minds that are covering up the fact that you are pure love. But if you took it all away, you'd be just you'd just be happy. You'd be love. You'd be in peace. So all that you have to do is remove the things that are covering it up. Yeah. remove all the things that cover up your love that's it got it in one Thank you so much for listening to Grow Happy with Yoga and for taking the time to hear more about Dylan's journey, some of the teachings from yoga philosophy and how it can really help you cultivate more self-love in your life. We talked about lots of tips and remember, meditating before bed, when you wake up, wake up mindfully and if you have a negative thought, directly try and make a positive one out of it. Yeah, if you want to check out Dylan's journey, you can follow him on Instagram at yoga with Dylan or check the bio for his details. Before we go, I'd really love to hear your thoughts if there was anything that resonated with you in any way or if you have any questions that I could answer in future episodes. I would really love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at Yoga, or I would really love it if you'd leave me a message at speakpipe.com slash growhappywithyoga. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. Until next time.